0: Hello, hello, welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. So, it's the end of the year. I think we all look back and really reflect on whether we've met our health goals. Which, you know, usually I haven't. Usually I'm filled with regret. So today I talked to Dr. Amy Shaw, who is a renowned wellness expert and who was here for some real honest advice. After years of practicing nutrition and immunology, it was a personal scare in 2012 that made Shaw turn to Ayurveda and take a more holistic approach to health which involves things like clean eating and fasting and balancing hormones and all the stuff that we know but we don't focus on. She has written a book called I'm So Effing Tired, aka Tuckered Out, which highlights some of the things we can tweak to help reach our peak mind and body health. She also gave me some great personal advice on my issues, so I hope you guys really enjoy my interview with Dr. Amy Schacht. So first things first, research, I went to your website, I read the backstory of kind of that pivotal moment for you. So I want to start with that. Okay, sounds you good. You were on on the way to pick up your kids, worried you'd be late like all of us are yep. every single time, yep. get in this horrific accident, yeah. thankfully physically okay, mentally not. Yeah. So I want to start from there. Uh, where were you at this point in life, like in terms of, I know you're obviously a doctor, so where were you
1: career-wise?
0: How old were the kids? Like what was going on in your life at that point?
1: Um, I think you being South Asian and, um, you know, really now tapping into kind of some of the psychological aspects for me, I really felt this pressure um, to be a really good mom. um, And more so because all the moms around me that I knew had sacrificed their entire lives and well beings for their children. And it was basically assumed in it was ingrained in my brain and through the culture that if you didn't kill yourself for your the, for the good of your children, you were not a good mom. And it would be from side comments that people would make, and it was also my own um, knowledge of how you know the society works. And I think that until I realized that there is no one that I'm doing this for except for myself and my own family. And as long as I felt like I was doing a good job, uh, that's all that mattered. But it took uh, that accident to really make me realize that it doesn't matter what the world sees of you on the outside because um, it can be accurate or it can be inaccurate or partially accurate, but really you have to let go of that. And um, the South Asian narrative is, uh, you know, if you're a mom, you are sacrificing every moment of your time um for your children and making you know dinner and if you were to take a break to go work out or to sleep early um that was like this lazy luxurious self um selfish act selfish mm-hmm. totally it's
0: totally part of our narrative and I also read um your blog yeah the how I learned to be healthy yeah. learned to be healthy as a South Asian immigrant so that kind of ties into this where You know, I read it. I was like, oh my God. I yes, exactly. So like you had mentioned your blog and you're talking about now, I think it's just part of our DNA. I saw my mom, I'm sure like you saw your mom, just sacrifice work, you know, give the kids food, give her husband the food first. Like it was always about everyone first. Yeah. Then she was always second. Yeah. And you know, women are already that way in general. We're we're just kind of wired that way. And then the South Asian layer to it adds a little like more to that. And so the idea, what you're saying about having to be perfect, I feel like a South Asian woman, we get get the brunt of it. Like we get being a woman and then also being a woman- from South Asia,
1: yeah, it, and the image that I have in my mind is like a martyr, like a woman who is like killing herself, right? That's the ideal image that we are, um, what that we grew up with. And so, um, it wasn't until you know I thought about it after I was kind of out of work and out of commission, and I couldn't. the things that I usually did. And I thought about, you know, what is it that I want to be remembered for? And what is it that I want to contribute to the world, both as a mom, but, you know, also as a person. Um, And that's when I started to make some changes in my own health, because I studied nutrition. I mean, I is like, I could call myself a nutritionist before I went to med school. And then I went to medical school. These are things that I should already know. But uh, we always get caught up in, you know, the rat race. And for me, it meant trying to climb to the highest levels in research and in medicine and getting into the next thing and the fellowships. Uh, um, so at, in medicine, it's like you get a residency, then you apply for fellowship. It's like this whole thing. And um, right. when I was done with that, I thought to myself, what, what did I, what was I racing towards? Like this? This is what I was racing towards. And this is not the life that I want to lead. Right. Um, so
0: I want to I want to ask you about that. So let's just actually talk about childhood really quick. So you were born in India. One, when did you do, was it a typical South Asian household like mom and dad were strict, conservative and then two was the whole doctor, lawyer, engineer
1: projection path part of the the narrative in your house? The great thing about my parents is that I was um 8 year almost 8 years older than my brother because when they came here I was a young I was five. And so they couldn't, you know, have a child right away. They wanted to get settled in. And so all that time, um, my parents basically treated me completely equal. And, you know, in our, in a lot of our cultural norms, um, I did things that, you know, people wouldn't do. I helped my dad with the car and I would do all the, and it was never in my mind that I had this expectation of me that I was going to be, um, you know, um, just a mom and uh, or you know, you know, a homemaker. And, just a mom and wife. Yeah, right. like there was. Right. It, my parents were always, especially my dad, really treated me as a complete equal uh, to you know. I never. Even, it didn't even cross my mind until I was in my teenage years and I saw all of my family members and you know a lot of people filling, you know, doing the roles that they were supposed to. Do and get married really early, and and all of that. And so I was lucky in that we were kind of isolated because my dad was an engineer and he got a job in New York. And um, so we didn't have any family around us. Um, And we, you know, were in this very multicultural, um, you know, economic, uh, uh, you know, diversity was everywhere. And it was so great to grow up that way. Um, also taught me how, you know, the reason I think that I'm, I feel like I can stay grounded a lot of the time is that I remember that part of it. Um, Like, you know, my kids don't, when I look at my kids, I'm like, they have no clue what it's like to struggle and what it's like to be in a, you know, one bedroom apartment and what it's like to have no family or friends not to know the language and all of that stuff. So that, um, you know involuntary grit that you develop and right. the independence i think really was great and i credit my parents of being so supportive and literally i thought i was like the smartest and best kid out there and i give them all the credit because you know in your later years when you're questioning yourself you fall back on that you fall back on the fact like hey um no i can do this i'm better than that like i can survive this Hard oh my God! It's, it's everything, right? It's everything, and yeah. there are so many parents, especially in the South Asian world, and you know, Asians yeah. in general, that really don't give their children enough. Um, they're never good enough, you know. They're compared right. to everybody else, and um, my husband and I talk about it all the time because we're both South Asian. And I said, "That's the one is he from thing. India
0: as well, or is he? Did you meet him here? Well,
1: he is. Uh, he actually uh, is born in India, but he's like he was." born in, like he was raised here and very American, you know, like okay. uh, much more so. Cause he didn't really, I was in New York and that was a very multicultural place. We kept right. a lot of the traditions. Um, and, um, I knew the language and my like grandmother lived with us. So I was much more entrenched in the culture than, right. um, he was, I met him in medical school. So okay. that, um, he had some similar, uh, background, um, as well, but right. we would talk about how it's really unique to, uh, it, you know, Indian parents, especially, they can be very harsh. And I was very thankful that because when I was going through the really tough times of, you know, high school and college and medical school, it was those times that I could lean on the fact that like, okay, I can do this. I have done hard things in the past, or I'm good enough, or, you know, that whole self um, confidence thing. So, and they didn't tell me what to do. Um, My dad was very adamant that I become a professional and yeah. that was partially because he's like we didn't come to this country for you to kind of like mess around and and you know for them they had there was no i mean there's no Internet stars. There was no you YouTube right, people. Right. It was like if you're the only way you were going to be successful is if you could get a job and be a professional and be right. um, get some. Was well, it nine to
0: five? The doctor, the lawyer. the, yes. like, the things that made sense to that to them. To them, which which I don't blame them. Yeah, for.
1: and yeah, it's so funny because sure. my dad is a, an entrepreneur uh, entrepreneur now because he left his company when he retired, Aww. and he was like, "Well, I." There's parts of it that I really love that I still want to do. And so I laughed because he never would have thought that even because in their mind, 20 years ago, that wasn't even an option. So that's I am. I that's yeah, amazing. I went to yeah. med school because I went to nutrition school and then I was looking for job op- options after nutrition school. And guess what? There's like zero job options. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. you can go to a hospital and you can be a nutritionist for like hospitalized people. And I, and I just thought that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people in their daily life to become healthier. And so, the only real option for that was medical school at that point.
0: Wow, that's a not an easy option. Yeah. Like you're making like, oh, I guess I'll go to medical school because like you went to
1: Harvard, right? Yeah, for residency
0: and yeah. Cornell. And yeah, I saw Columbia, Cornell, Harvard. Yeah, yeah. I was like, girl, well, just was, just check it all off the list.
1: <laughs> I was on the I was on the East Coast on on, on the hamster wheel, and you know how that goes.
0: Uh Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've been here as my second, second bout in uh the East coast. I did New York for three years as a lawyer uh-huh. um, and, and now in Greenwich, Connecticut as a podcaster. It's so random love it. anyways, but yes, <laughs> love, love, love the East coast. So really quickly back to, to that, that horrific accident and, and then your, your time after that one Did anyone around you, obviously your husband was there and I know you mentioned in maybe your blog or your website that he didn't really even like he was kind of in his own thing. We know men and husbands, by the way, they sometimes don't get it. Did anyone else realize what you were going through or, or, or was this something you had to kind of figure out on your own?
1: That's a great question. No, I don't think anyone knew what I was going through. In fact, until I started talking about my journey, that was when I realized that so many people, literally everyone that I was talking to had gone through something similar. You know, Maybe they didn't get an accident, but maybe they had some kind of realization. Right. And I wish I knew then because at that time, I thought everyone else is doing Fine, so well yeah. and I'm having all this trouble. Um, and so that's... That's really uh, wasn't, there wasn't a ton of support. And I really wasn't able to, I had just moved to Arizona when this happened. Um, I didn't have a lot of close friends. And so this was a great time, I felt. Um, you know, after the accident, I was like, this is a great time for me to make a huge change. Like there's nothing that I need. There was no reason for me to stay the same, Right? you know? Right, so right. it was, it
0: was cool. Well, thank Bhagavan. Nothing happened to you. Yeah. I think yeah. one, I think we all, it's so funny because I feel like we're all kind of the same, around the same age, but I feel like, I wish we all had known each other in some Like every guest right. I have talked to, fr- either they're friends of mine or I met them through the podcast women have said the same exact thing. And I'm like, why didn't we all know each other before?
1: (laughs) before I know, right? He's like therapy sessions because all of us, honestly, it's the same story. Yeah. You know? And you know, I I remember talking about it with my college friends and, um, you know, some uh, people who I had friends um, for a while and we would talk on the phone and I do remember, you know, a lot of us having journeys, different journeys, but very difficult journeys. I mean, women, in the span of like five years, are supposed to get married, have children, excel in their career, um, you know, look great, uh, and um, it's just, it's, so, it's just it's so stressful. Even though, just like, <laughs> even you talking about, it, I'm like, oh my god, like, oh. yeah, it was literally like the span of five years that you had to kind of like do everything, um, and so you know, it, it's not uncommon, and probably it's the norm. Right. So what I the things that I talk about honestly is that. Our norm has become really toxic. Uh, we're on like the fast track to burnout and fatigue as or our norm. Are, I feel like
0: we're all there. i want to talk about your book too, but I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so my uh, and I don't know. Are your parents in the U.S. still right now? Are they here? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, are they East Coast?
1: Uh, my parents moved to help us when. We moved to Arizona to help us with our kids. And now um, they're split between me and my brother helping them with their kids. This is how me and my brother are. I'm like, we get them first. You get them second. Yeah. Yes. My turn. uh, We do like, I get dad because he can drive them around everywhere. And you get mom because she's good with baby because he's a lot younger than me. So anyways, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was going to ask if your parents are in on in New York or East Coast. I'll go visit them and have some dal chakra later. Oh uh, yeah, that would be I always miss my no, parents. I've... So, um, uh, getting back to our parents, really quick. Like I love talking about. I feel like our all our parents kind of have the same, not the same narrative, but like under, we all have the same understanding of our parents. Yeah, my mom always asks me, "I don't understand why you're so stressed. Like, why, what's so stressful?" Yeah. And I always tell yeah. her. Mom, it's just a different time. Like yeah. during your time, there was no pressure to have to build an empire or yeah. to, you know, still look thirty-two. Or yeah. just everything was just different. She's like, I don't under every time she calls me she's like, Why are you so stressed? I'm like because
1: I don't have Botox yet, and I need to look back is This in does your mom? Yeah, ever it's say everything, that? right? Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. So, um, one of the things we talk about is like these, like cultures that live the longest. So, if you think about it, they probably had pretty well stress control because mm-hmm. they're living past a hundred. Um, they have built in stress relief. They have meals with each other. They sit on a stoop, or there's like a church um, regiment. Or you look at the longest living people in the world, and they all have these built-in cultural right. ways to reduce stress, which we have removed because we think it's a time waste. Right? Um, there's no like if you think about people who go to uh, temples or churches, they sing, they pray, they sit in silence, and it's relationships, communi- it's community. Yeah, they have community, like and so yeah. if you. Think about it, you know, just if you just ohm, like the word ohm, the hum portion of it is calming to our vagus nerve. So think about the things that we're missing out on. One of the things I always talk about during the pandemic, especially, is that we run on circadian rhythms, like art, we are sun based like beings, um, just like flowers and trees. And when you're indoors all the time and blocked, the light is blocked by windows. Even you are not getting the proper input to your brain about when it's day and when it's night. And then we wonder why we're tired. We wonder why we're moody. It's like we're not getting. It's like if you took a house plant and you didn't give it any sun or water, and you just wanted to see it thrive. Like it's never. We are like plants, right. basically. Right? No, I um, it, agree. So all of these things that we could have um, that we could have in our lives that, you know, just like you said, your mom probably, I'm guessing, I don't know her, but probably had some sort of a religious or spiritual or community aspect. So much. Um, like, she, right. And honestly, and that's we why were,
0: they're, I mean, I don't know how old your parents are. Mine are yeah. 72 and 70, turning 79. Wow. I see them. Like, I feel like at 79... Yeah. I'm like, I don't, how am I going to be like, that? like, it's community, yeah. it's religion, it's yeah. spiritual, it's, well, yeah. they're also like Ayurvedic it's, diet and all this stuff. They're very, yeah. they're very and intense they, about they probably, it.
1: And, and it's, it's, they probably walked a lot in their younger years, if not now, um, spent a lot of time in nature. So there's, there's a lot of things that play into it. And I tell my mom that the Gujarati, like North Indian um, diet, if you think about just even our grandparent, her parents, um, and she says, yeah. Her parents ate a very healthy version of that diet, and as you know, sugar and oil became cheaper and more accessible. um, The diet changed, and it became more fried and refined. And that's only been really like one generation. Uh, So you know, it's really everything has changed. So now the diabetes and the heart disease. Rates are skyrocketed. Yes. Um, yeah. And so they have similar, you know, issues. And my, I, I always joke, my husband's like, you're going to live, because, you know, I like all this health stuff like you do. He's like, you're, you're going to live till, you know, 120. And I said, well, based on my genetics, no, because everyone in our family has such bad type 2 diabetes right. at very young ages. They have heart disease. They have. I mean, it's like well, that's like the major like,
0: issue with South Asians in general, yeah. right? Like it's diabetes, yeah. heart issues. Like, yeah, yeah, I think every single family member, mm-hmm. every single family I know has one or the other. Yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's insane. So, you wrote a book in twenty twenty. Yeah. It came out twenty twenty. It came out this year. This year. So it's called "I'm So Effing Tired." And by the way, the reason why I, I mean, like obviously, I've heard of you through Instagram and all the stuff. But I mean, the side was talking yeah. about you. Know, she's one of my closest friends.
1: Oh, that's I was going to ask you how do you – I remember that she introduced us, but I I forgot to ask like how you guys know each other.
0: You know, she's like my soul sister. Um, we oh. met. Our husbands both went to Harvard Business School, uh, yeah. and okay. so not not at the same time, different times. But okay. it's it's we have this Harvard Business School circle of crazy Indians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. So I met her, it, very long story short, I met her through that. I met her um, at a wedding in India through our HBS circle about 11, 12 years ago. I And nice. then I ended up working with her in Goa for a month oh. and producing a show for her. And wow. then, yeah, love at first sight. Yeah, she's she's love been it. one of my, not just closest friends, but biggest supporters. And so... Um, oh.
1: I love it. But yeah, and our
0: husbands are super close and and yeah, just went to her 40th in Vegas and
1: oh, celebrated funny. her. Oh yeah. And, I think I saw yeah. I wished her happy birthday. Yeah. But that's so, yeah. so, anyways, that's so, so, so fun. she was
0: I hadn't heard of you. I I actually just loved your book and I was like, I haven't I need to order it, but I love the name of it because I'm like, I need to talk to this girl. And then I asked Ami I love and I like, dude, talk to her, she's amazing. Oh, thank so you. one, the book, I want to get the I mean, I, A, I want to order it. One, did you do you think you wrote this book? I'm so effing tired. Were you um, kind of motivated to write this book because of COVID? Do you think, or was this something that you mm. wanted to do?
1: Well, le- the truth be told, um, and I think anyone who's written a book will know this: books take two years plus oh, yeah, to. Sure. So this was before COVID. It actually. Unfortunately, you know, I was supposed to do this huge book launch, and um, we had all these plans when we originally finished the manuscript because that was even before COVID. But right, COVID happened, and it just made it all the more necessary that we look into our habits and. Foods and routines, and examine what we're doing wrong. Because obviously, we're not even during the pandemic. We're barely even moving yet. We were exhausted, right? So there was there's major issues here. Right. Um, the way this book came about is um, they asked me, the publisher. We, we, I had this idea and I was going through it with her and she said, well, what's the most common thing that people come to What is the most biggest complaint that women have? And as you can guess, I mean, that's the biggest complaint. And what I kept saying to her and what I keep saying in the book is that it's... It's not really our fault. It's kind of folded into our modern like right. environment and culture, right. and so what we think is normal is actually not normal. Yeah, um, and so that's what needs to change. Uh, being um, indoors ninety percent of the day is not normal. Having less than six hours of sleep for most of the population is not normal. I mean, meaning biologically, it's not, it's not normal. normal, right? Um, and so. Uh, putting up boundaries. That was one of the biggest parts of the book is, you know, it's not even health-based. It's like, you need to have boundaries. I talk to people all day long who have very poor boundaries. um, And so they cannot accomplish their goals and getting enough sleep or getting a workout in. Saying no. Saying
0: no. Yeah. I actually- Because we live live in a twenty-four-seven. I strolling your Instagram and I, I loved your Reminders on boundaries. I think you did a couple of posts yeah. on it recently. Yeah, and it's just yeah. so well said because, like, everything you mentioned is something that we all slip on. You know,
1: yeah, and and just yeah, it is. It's it's really tough when we live in a twenty four seven. You know, with this thing, we're we're able to reach everyone at all times. I literally, I have. Um, I work with uh, someone on my team. She's like the director of operations, and I literally have to stop myself. Because I wake up really early and I love to start, you know, I'm like right out of the gates and I have to be like, no, not everyone. I mean, you have to have bad, like you have to respect other people's boundaries and you have to say, I'm going to make a list of things that I need to tell her. And then I'm going to send her a message later in the morning so that she has, you know, the, it's like, literally I'm the one who wrote the book, but I have to remind myself that other people need brown boundaries too. Right. Like you can't have everything when you want it. Um, And it's hard in this world. We live at Amazon Prime, instant access, you know. And so it's really hard. Right. Um, And then the second piece is this nutrition piece, the circadian rhythms and intermittent fasting. What I basically was saying is that these things are not foreign things that you need to learn. These are actually... Programmed in our bodies right. from thousands of years ago, and I'm just saying, go back to some of those basics. basics. When we were living in villages, at, or even even before that, as hunter gatherers, there was no drive-throughs and 24 hour, um, you know, delivery and um, microwaves. Right. And so, biologically, and just by by like by force. You had to pretty much finish eating, you know, two to three hours before bed. Usually, like, you know, you you're maybe you're snacking on something, but it's not really like a huge yeah. like load of it's food. It's not gonna be a bucket of ice night. cream. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna be an Uber Eats <laughs> yeah. delivery. Yeah. It's gonna be um and then you know, you wake up with the sun and you get some nature time in the morning. Maybe you get some movement before you eat your breakfast because most people, hunter gatherers or in a village, you wouldn't just roll out of bed and have a granola bar and like a muffin. Right. Um, that's just, it wasn't a possible. So having some kind of break, just reasonable, meaning when they tracked Americans, they said that Americans on average eat 16 to 17 hours a night, uh, a day. So literally there's only seven or eight hours of the entire 24 that you have for digestion and rest. That's a lot. That's That's a lot of hours. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's like the last wine and the chocolate and the, you know, snacking. And then it's the first, you know, protein shake that or brain juice that you have in the morning. So it's really um, very common that you don't have a break unless intentionally you just say, you know what, I'm going to stop at eight, which is you know, for me it's reasonable. Um, and then not eat right when I get up, but maybe I eat at eight again, like a 12 hour break, a 13 hour break. You know, this is things that are life changing that are, um, biologically will change your body if you are able to do them. So just talked about simple things. Getting light in the morning is really, really important for our brains and our eyes. So there's some biological things and then some emotional things, um, that I think play into, you know, how they say there's, Nine types of rest, and it's not just resting your body. It's like emotional, spiritual, all of it. Um, Yeah, yeah. There's so many different. I mean, like
0: you know, now now that I'm in my in my forties, and and you know, things are changing for me. Obviously, and I work out, I eat well, all the basic stuff. But like now, it's just more. Now I'm discovering more and more. It's more than that. It's the the sleep issue is a major issue for me. I know you mentioned that a couple in your Instagram as well. I actually got the mind body green, uh, pills because you had talked about it. Oh yeah, Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I was like, let me let me try it out. Um, But that's I think has become a just based on stress, and I also have gut issues. I you know I have colitis, Um, and so I've I've been changing my diet. I'm vegetarian already, but like changing my diet towards that, and just a a bunch of these things has happened to me this past since I turned forty this past year. I'm just. When I when I saw what you were doing and talking about, it, I'm like, I think I need this podcast episode for me. <laughs> because I know it feels I can like like give you some advice. No, I need your advice. And so, so the book in general. So, you mentioned what you were talking about. Like, I, if you can summarize it in three big points, what can people get out of yeah. this after after getting it?
1: Yeah. Um, basically it's what you eat. It's when you eat and do things right. um, and it's boundaries. Those are the three things okay. that if, you, if you're like, okay, what three things should I change? It's, you know, what you eat is obviously never going to um, go away. Right. I mean, it's like nutrition is just. I love to exercise, and I wish it was all about exercise. I know, but it's all about nutrition, nutrition and recovery. Right. Like recovery, meaning boundaries and sleep, and you know, emotional rest and all that stuff. So, recovery and um, and nutrition are like the basis of everything. Right. And then you throw in circadian rhythms, like one of the things I pointed out is that the Nobel prize in medicine just a few years ago, went to the discoveries about the gene control on circadian rhythms, meaning that 80% of our genes run on a circadian pattern. Literally the only things that we do all the time, the same is kind of like breathing, but even that gets slower at night and their um, heart rate, same thing. So there's A few things that you need all the time, but almost everything else has a pattern and it follows the 24 hour light and dark cycle. And so if we match that better, we will feel better. We will have more energy. You'll see um, if you start doing some of that stuff. Like I couldn't even believe that a simple, like if somebody says, I I don't really know what they're talking about. I just tuned in late. If you did nothing else, but you went outside first thing in the morning or like a couple of minutes after you woke up, brush your teeth, whatever. In your pajamas, and you go outside, and you catch some natural light, and maybe it's with a coat because you live in Greenwich, but um, or it's you know you know just opening the window right. um, because you don't want that glass barrier, but really just spending a few minutes in nature, looking at the sun, two to eight minutes is all you really need. Maybe doing a little bit of gratitude, just having a bumper to your morning. That circadian rhythm input is. Insane how much it will affect you. And it's your so easy. Day. Like why? Like it's it's very. It's just yeah because we don't prioritize impossible it. Impossible for all yeah. of us
0: to do it. I actually the one yeah. thing I started changing in the morning. I want to ask you about your morning routine. I have stopped checking my phone right away. Yeah, I just stopped. That's I've great. stopped it for the past few months. I just I don't look at it. You know, my as long as my kids are with me, like unless it's like my kids are gone, like you know I'm separated from my kids and I have to check. But and I and I do prayer. So, I I, and I grew up with that. I grew up looking at my first thing I do is look at my hands and and then talk to Lakshmi. And so I started kind of going back to where I started from.
1: Um, Just realizing,
0: like, I just need I'm doing the diet and exercise, but like, it's just not an I need more than that. I just I'm realizing it now. I think maybe that comes with age. Who knows? It does. And so, okay, love the So, the book definitely need to get it because I think everything you've talked about is. What a lot of us are just going through, um, and right. so, and then I got to talk about talk about the products because I just you're doing <sighs> so. You have the sleep kit, you have the jives,
1: oh my god, thirty I, day I, meal I'm, plans.
0: You have your obviously your consultations. Um, yeah, I have to
1: tell you, I literally aged twenty years This this was my first Black Friday <laughs> with multiple <laughs> products, you and have a lot. I I was not expecting, um, you know, just the amount of um. So one, there was lots and lots of orders, which comes with a lot of pressure and stress yeah. because you want to get them out and fulfill enough. And so there's, you know, things were to get sold out and then we were trying to restock it. It was this whole thing. Then there's a the customer service portion. And then it's like, I am a doctor, right? So for me, I feel really responsible that everyone should love what right. they're getting right. because I'm not making things just because I'm like some random person off the street. Like, I think that these are things that are going to change your life. So I want to really stand behind them. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I was thinking about it in retrospect, and I thought about some of the strategies that I used during that time that I you know, I l- learned during the book launch. Um, one was that I have to sleep no matter what. Like I realize that I don't function well as a human being, as a doctor, as a entrepreneur, as a person if I don't get sleep. And then number two, I have to do, I have to be step into my own self. People want to see the behind the scenes. People want yeah. to see who you really are. I did, I made sure not to show a polished version of myself, um, because I think it's really important to show that you're, go- you know, something's really difficult or you're working on something or, hey, um, we sold out of this or the supply chain delay or this happened. And so I think it was, you know, Um, That I learned from the book launch as well, like being not worrying about appearances, like I'm not a Kardashian, I don't need to like, show myself in a, you know, like in a, in a glowy, um, you know, outfit every time. So that was um, good. And of course, I still struggled, but I learned That after an intense bout of a race, for example, you need to schedule an intense bout of rest, which is this week. Basically, I'm really doing a good job, or at least I'm trying to do a good job about boundaries, not overextending myself during this week. Because it's one thing running a race, but then protecting that time to recover is so important so that you can run the next race. But most of the time for me, I don't know how you are. I run the race and then I'm like, what's okay, what's next? What's like What do I do now? And then you can never perform as well. So these are all the things I learned. So we have a serum, we have these super glow serums that we just literally thought of um, a few months ago. And the first round, um, we, like put it out there just to my email list and it was gone within minutes. And then the second round we created, um, right for black Friday, just for having a limited stock. And it's like this crazy experience. Um, I'm like ordering like a thousand more, you know, bottles and like 10,000 more stickers. And like, it's just like, it's It's amazing that, but it's good because there's, there's a need. It's like vitamin D serum, like who's, you know, with shimmer, like, um, things that I use for myself. So basically I just said, Hey, I take vitamin D, but I hate taking pills. I'd rather just, put it on my skin um, right. and then we put some, so shimmer, the shimmer is like titanium dioxide, which is a sun blocking shimmer. So basically provide sunblock for us. So we did these serums a day, one and a night one cause you know, circadian rhythms. And at night you want to have a little more relaxing um, both scent and feel and hydration and all that stuff. And then um, I made a chai, which you would. Um, so here's the thing. I love chai. And I love the benefits of tea. Tea is like life, right? But the way you make chai, I don't know how, I looked up the history and they say it's really hard now to think. So it was made for the kings by the Ayurvedic sages. And they learned about tea from the Chinese that had, you know, uh, been there. Um, and they made an Ayurvedic concoction. And I think at first it didn't have tea and it was just milk and, mm. um, cardamom and ginger and all this, all the stuff. And, um, and then they incorporated the tea and then the sugar, um, got incorporated. And so it ended up being this beautiful, um, healing tonic. Right. Um, but. Full of sugar, of and, and for many of us, the dairy is also an issue, especially conventional dairy, right? So I had to think of something to do that was. And I love Starbucks. Like I would get Starbucks chais, and they are like 50 grams of sugar in one. It's so bad. I would always say, I think well, I think there's this. cocaine in that stuff because honestly, yeah, no, literally, I am. I
0: realized how much I spent last year on Starbucks.
1: And yeah. I was
0: like horrified. And so I, was I, I I have gone only once a month this past year.
1: I I'm love like, this that. is
0: ridiculous. Like what, A, why am I spending a hundred bucks a month on this shit? Yes. <laughs> like, Same. What? Even if I had the money, like dumb. And then I don't even know what's in there. Like what's happening?
1: No. So there was a Starbucks. Um, I was at Columbia Presbyterian for my fellowship and there was a Starbucks right by the um, subway station. And I would Treat myself when it was like a hard day, or I was just really cold outside. Or and then I realized I was literally like it was like almost every day, maybe like four days a week that I was treating myself. It would be either in the morning when I would get there, or like in the mid-afternoon, right. or there was some 50 grams of sugar drink that I was drinking. And um, so that's why I created Okay. The, it's basically ready to mix in water, and it doesn't have sugar. It's uh based on in stevia, okay. and then it's caffeine free. The original, and then we made a pumpkin spice f- version to compete with the pumpkin spice latte of Starbucks. But it's the zero sugar, and it has half the caffeine of coffee, and it has something called velvet bean, which is a ayurvedic bean that has dopamine. If you know about dopamine, it's kind of like the euphoria, Mm -hmm. good feeling, um, chemical in your brain. And you can't really get that from natural substances. There's very few foods that actually have that. And you don't want to have a whole lot because then it's good. Like, People who take drugs, for example, that's dopamine, right? right. Huge euphoria rush. Right. You want just a tiny drip of dopamine, kind of like when you, the feel good, like yeah. when you see your kids or you see your favorite pet, or like yeah. that, like kind of feel good. Yeah. So it has a little bit of velvet bean, which in Ayurveda is very well known um, yep. for people, like you know, around the holidays yep. um, to help you. pick. It's kind of like caffeine without the caffeine. Got it. I love it. Yes, yeah, so I was
0: about to ask you because. I'm all about the skin stuff. I started, I, I just actually uh, interviewed, um, I don't know if you know Michelle Ranavath.
1: I just saw it on your LinkedIn yeah, when yeah. I clicked on it. Uh, like, so I was just like, oh, yeah. Some
0: of her stuff. And yeah.
1: yeah and so I that's ordered really cool. uh,
0: what you mentioned in your, in your Instagram, which is the Mind Body Green. So, so for someone like me, my kind of um, yeah. profile, you know, 40, sleep deprived, all that bullshit. Yeah. But I also have the colitis, the gut issues. Um, on the other on the flip side, I work out five times a week. I do Pilates and then I do personal training and then I eat. I mean, like I besides, you know, I have my wines on the weekends and stuff, but I'm pretty strict. Yeah. But still yeah. exhausted. Yeah. So it, in in a minute, if you could sum up, like what yeah. what do you yeah. I know things I need to change in terms of sleep, but like what I know product products don't heal you, but what products could help?
1: Me? Yeah. Okay. One thing I would say is check your vitamin D level. Okay. I think vitamin D is the super vitamin when it comes to energy. Okay. Um, and so you want to be getting enough light, natural light, which you know, like I said, if you're in the winter in the East Coast, it's very it's hard like, to get your vitamin it's like D. Just, four thir- Four yeah, yeah, And it's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's. I told. Yeah. I was. I had. I realized now that I was always a little bit seasonally depressed or down during those months. Um, and so vitamin D can really pick you up. You can even get a sun lamp on Amazon. Okay. It's like a light that you can keep on your desk that has the same frequency as the light that you would get naturally. And it's a great idea for you in the winter time to pick up your energy levels during the, those cold, dark mornings. Yeah. Um, It feels really cozy. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, one of the other, um, Things that I would recommend for you is is really to have a morning and evening routine, like a skincare or wind down routine. Like I love the prayer, I love the meditation. Maybe it's a little bit of journaling, maybe it's um, skincare, maybe it's um, you know having your favorite hot tea and just reading. Having a bumper to your day, even if it's just a ten minute routine or maybe five minute routine, is literally life changing. And then um, and then try this uh, circadian fasting thing, where it's basically two to three hours before bed, instead of eating you know, 16 hours a day and um, just fasting for a few hours overnight, try to eat an earlier dinner, move up your dinner. I feel like moving up the dinner and maybe having like a little walk in the evenings was like life changing for me. Because when I lived in New York, my dinners were always really late and there was no movement after dinner because it was so late. There was no, you know, but as soon as I... Made this after you know this accident, I started to make changes and I realized, like, hey, I could eat an earlier dinner and then still catch sometimes with my kids or myself a quick walk or a quick movement outdoors. And it's a great way to wind down, settle in. And then, of course, I can already tell me that you need just like me, you're a really nice person, you're doing a lot. And so, control your energy. So you don't have to give your energy to every single person in your life. That's so hard They're for
0: toxic. me. I mean, like I
1: am. That's, I am constantly I'm telling you. That's giving what giving it out like it's yes like And there's, and there's toxic people that are constantly. <sighs> toxic to you that you let into your life. And just like you, if you are on social media, you, at some point you would just block that person. And yeah, maybe this is like, you know, your cousin or your relative or whatever. Usually that's, it is. That's, <laughs> yeah. Like, and if it is, yeah. And if it is, then basically what you do is you you energetically disengage from them. Right. So it's like, you still see them, but you're not engaged. Right. You're not vested in right. what they're saying or what they're doing. And it's a really subtle switch in your mind, right. but it makes a huge, huge difference. difference. Like you're 40 years old. You don't owe anyone no. your energy. It doesn't matter if they're older or more experienced or more this, or they're the senior person. And, um, and so once I did that, I was like, oh my God, that toxic person at work, that person, I don't have to engage. Like I can see them and still be in my own world. And that gives you that power. And then you're like, oh, your friend, Ami, you know, what your other friends that are super, super um, energizing to you,
0: then you have more time time for that. No, for sure. And it's something I've definitely have been doing over the past few years. I think again, based on just getting older and just realizing Shit don't matter. Like it's fine. Yeah. I think it's happening 100%. naturally. It has been my number one struggle for sure. Yeah. Like just I can already based tell. on like my who I am and my personality yeah. and just yeah m- how much I feed off of energy. Yes, me too. Lots, I, of, and lots of lessons from that. Yes,
1: and you know what I realize is that. Some people are recharging to you. Right. And some people are constantly draining you. Yes. And why? And you put yourself, I used to put myself in the presence of those people because I thought I had Had to, to, like somebody was telling me from the external world that I had to. And I just removed all that. I just said, you know what? I'm too old. I'm too busy. I have too many things going on to even worry about what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to do what's right. And usually the people you're attracted to, um, that give off great energy are just really great people and they give off great energy to everybody and they should be getting that praise in time. And the people who are really toxic, they should know that, Hey, there's something probably you need to work on. And maybe you don't have the time or energy or relationship to tell them about it, but they should kind of get the picture when you are always busy. Right. I, yeah. But I want to, I want to ask you some, something more,
0: more questions about you. And, um, you know, you've had this amazing journey, medical route, then this this moment where things pivoted for you and you started this amazing, you're an entrepreneur, obviously, as well as a doctor. So a lot of my themes in my, a lot of the, one of the themes of my podcast is, you know, finding your calling or finding whatever that, whatever the word is later in life. And what, what is, how do you view your journey now looking back?
1: yeah when I was always in a rush I was in a race like I thought you had to be the more advanced math class you had to finish everything like I was looking into six year med school I mean it was always a rush right and then at some point I realized wait what am I rushing towards like um I was done with every single piece of my training and I was like not in a place that I want to be and so I had to start over and I didn't write my first book till I was 40 yeah and I didn't um you know have, ai wasn't I'm like 20 years older than everyone else on Instagram, right? So, <laughs> so am I. I'm doing my first IG uh, yeah. live tomorrow on me and I'm like,. Oh, so fun. Show, I was like you got to do it. I'm like, dude. She's like,
0: you got to just, you have, to. I'm like, okay, fine. So
1: anyways, point is, I'm like, I feel so old. Like, am I supposed to do this stuff? I want to hear, like, I know this is not part of your show, but I want to hear like that, the quick 10 second story about like, how did you get into this podcast? Oh world. God. Um. So basically yeah,
0: I went to uh, UT Austin, graduated uh-huh. in business economics and I thought I was going that route. So I worked at Enron, yeah. which didn't work out. Yeah. And then I spent a year in India in between. Okay. I was a backup dancer for like some Bollywood pop stars, and I was a DJ there in Bombay. And then my my parents, Gujarati parents, were like, get your ass back here. I went to law school in Chicago, practiced law in New York. I met my husband at a party in Bombay. He's Indian American from California, and we dated back and forth. He was at HBS. I was in New York practicing law. We got married, and then we moved to India as expats with Pepsi. So, I was in Delhi okay. for a year and a half and Bangalore for a year and a half. Wow. I was working for exclusively In, which was that fashion startup. Oh, yeah. The gil- okay. yeah. So, I was with their crew okay. um, under Dougal, who I'm sure you've heard of, and, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. And then we moved to Dubai for two years. And I worked for like Hello Magazine and like yeah. just wrote all these kind of fun. Article. I interviewed like Kate Blanchett and Frida Pinto. Like oh, I did all wow. these like glitzy stuff in Dubai. It was fun. It was, like, it was yeah. yeah. I got pregnant there. Had my first daughter there. Moved to Dallas. Had my second daughter in Dallas. I was a stay at home mom for two years. When my second daughter was born, I not parallel to your accident. Obviously, different kind of situation, but it really hit me hard that I needed to do something for myself because my husband yeah. was just like going up the ranks. I was following your, yeah. we it's fine. I was proud of it. was never an issue yeah. of, I was, there's been no regret or resentment yeah. because he's been, he's always like, do whatever you want. It sucks we move around, but yes. this means you're so creative. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I launched the podcast because I just needed to do something for myself. I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you have a good read on people. I just love, I really, really like people.
1: <laughs> I just yeah. do. Yeah.
0: It's my energy, yeah, it's my charge, it. it's my, yeah. I don't know. I just like stories. I want to hear everyone's stories and yeah. I connect. And this yeah. just what I – and with the right people, right? With the right energy. Yeah. And so I launched this and I launched the South Asian thing is because I have, the, I have a strong South Asian network. And right. that was it. And then from there, we were in, in Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas. Oh, and wow. then from there – so I've been kind of doing this on and off. This past 18 months, the podcast has gotten much bigger. That's
1: great. And that's where I'm
0: at. And I just – have. Uh, got a partner, and we're doing we're doing this big thing next year, and I'm very excited. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I to so be doing a more live events.
1: Awesome. Um, oh well, that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. So
0: hopefully, I'll be uh, on <sighs> your side of the country.
1: Um, but yeah, that's yeah. my story. But we we're, we're okay. gonna meet
0: one day okay. and have drinks, and this is gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. That well- I want to know about a little bit more about you personally. So fun stuff. Like, who would you want to work with? Like, who's kind of your dream partner or collaboration or you know, maybe something silly, like who do you
1: love on Instagram? Like who who do you follow? Oh, that's really a great question. Um, there are so many people, I mean, you know, um, I'm trying to think of people that are interesting. So, you know, in my world of wellness, it's been, there's been a lot of changes because before it was, you know, people like Dr. Oz kind of like ran the place and he's amazing in his own right Right. and has accomplishments. Like, um, but now it's really changing and, um, things like people like Brene Brown and people like who are, um, so Glennon Doyle, has um, really inspired me because she's so authentic and she's so unguarded with like the things that she says and her struggles, like, you know, she, you know, in short, she had a very traditional, you know, marriage and all the things. And then she kind of broke out of it. And she wrote that book called Untamed. And it's just a book. Yeah, God, now it's coming back. (laughs) And I just feel like meeting her or working with her in some way or um, Brene Brown, both of them are just um, women with a lot of wisdom and a lot of guts um, and strength, and they're not afraid to strip down um, in front of um, an yeah, audience or tell people so to nice. do that. And I, it's just, I mean, real. That is we need really, real. That's what we need. Yeah, and like yes. wellness is 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 not about looking like six pack abs, which I love, you know, aspirational, but it is about being free. It's about feeling like you're free right. and you are not like chasing some kind of happiness or chasing some kind of anything Perfection. And so I just love that they show that and that they embody that, that it's about freedom. It's about stepping into your real authentic self. And it's not, there's nothing, you know, about it that right. has anything to do with bags or hair or like makeup, you know? And I, and, and I love those things too, but I love seeing that side right. and seeing that, Hey. Um, you know, I know you feel pressure. I do too, as we're getting older, to look a certain way, to be a certain way, to be at a certain level. And they all say, they both say, hey, take a step back. It's not about what level you're at or what um, stuff you own or who you know. It's about, do you have the freedom to be who you want to be? Do you have the time and the energy and uh, the spirit that you want to have? Right. Um, and that's really happy. That's right? awesome. So, I love
0: that. Yeah. Oh my God. We need a drink, girl. Yeah, for sure. I want to know. And by the way, manifest it, like, right? Say it. Yeah. Let's, let's bring it out there in the universe. I'm all about that spiritual stuff. You never know. You never know. Okay. I mean, what just, if if I were to come over there, hang out with you, what would we do for fun? Like what, what makes you happy? That's not, you're doing a thousand million things.
1: Yeah. What do you want to do for a night out? Um, oh, a night out or a day, or day out? out or whatever, either. Okay, whatever. Um, so we're going to do, I would do some kind of like outdoor activity, like a hike or a walk or something very picturesque in nature. Yeah. I love, I feel like the power of nature and conversation is, um, so, so, so powerful, super strong. Right. Um, eat some healthy food and you know that, and for me, it's like all about, um, Nourishing your body, it doesn't I don't want to eat out of a box. I don't want to eat like you know, this specially designed meal that's completely artificial. I want real food that's delicious and but healthy. Yeah. And um I I'm like you, I love connection. I love, you know, just authentic conversations without any kind of I'm not the type of person who loves to get dressed up and go, I my husband is. A night owl, a night out on the town person. And so we do a ton of it. But for me, I like the like being in uh, leggings and going for a hike or walk or being in nature and spending the day outdoors. That would be like an ideal day. I honestly have more and more. Actually,
0: like most of the time, I'd rather do that. I I need to like a night out maybe every once in a while. Yeah, here and there. Like during the pandemic, I was like,
1: yeah, yeah. During the pandemic, I was like, "Wow, I actually feel like going out. Yeah. Like, I want to go out. Yeah, dress out, up, like a or Like, a I don't yeah. need it
0: often at all. And yeah. it's fun every Me once too. in
1: a while. But other than that, I
0: love it. So I need to come to Phoenix. I haven't been there. Uh, you need to come to phoenix i know. i need to i need to it's like well i'll be in dallas i'm moving to dallas in in summer. okay so we'll see you and maybe so, we'll see you at one of I your you ever come to Texas. events yes the plan is and i
1: you know i've tried started traveling a lot too so we'll, i'm sure If you're we'll ever in the east out.
0: coast please tell me we're, yes, we're here I will. And then,
1: i'm will. i always there With, before the pandemic i was always there yeah.
0: forever whatever you're doing work-wise just color i always i'm always in new york city All right. I have a few things I need to change up in my routine. Honestly, guys, if you've been struggling to achieve your health goals, if your daily routine is just not working for you, follow Dr. Amy Shaw on Insta uh, at FastingMD. And her website is amymdwellness.com. Honestly, she has some great advice. And it's not the big changes, right? It's all the small things that make difference as always you can follow me at tuckered out podcast tuckered out with one more episode left this year okay i'm doing a little bit of a dance here thank you guys for listening thank you for your support this is tuckered out